Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Earn Fun Average Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Prophet, coming to you live from Wichita, Kansas. And with me, as always, I have Johnny Bowman coming to you from the New Orleans Baby Cakes Memorial Museum and Podcast Communication Center. And I wanted to start, Eric, I feel like there may be some confusion about my future on this podcast. (laughs) Okay. So when this episode drops... In just a few weeks, I will be the new manager of the Miami Marlins. And so I want the listeners to know I'm always going to have time for this podcast. Even being the manager of the Miami Marlins, I will have time. Uh, We'll move the museum to South Beach. I will be recording this probably uh, with some, you know, breeze of the of the ocean coming in and palm trees swaying. when I do take the position here, but like I said, when it drops, I want people, I know there's going to be some concerns soon when they announce me as the new skipper uh, for my, my Miami Marlins. So I just want to make everybody rest assured. I'm not going to let my managerial debut in 2023 interfere with my time here on Earth. <laughs> I want to calm nerves, Eric. Okay. No, nothing to worry about. Is that going to be like now, is this going to become the coaches show? Because you know how they always have like a coach's show. Are you still going to be the co-host or are you going to become more of me asking you managerial and coach questions? I will stay with coach is co-host because, you know, I'm a man of the people here at Profit. You know, I don't, I'm not going to let this multi-million dollar job and fame and fortune. I mean, could I do any worse? I mean, <laughs> well, you know. so for um, everybody that's wondering, you know, obviously you're talking about Don Maddenly is no longer the manager of the Miami Marlins. So Johnny obviously is going to be the new manager, but like we always do, we like to get on a little tangent, get off on what we're talking about and always forget that we have a guest. So uh, sorry about that, Mike, but uh, today we are joined by Mike Gotzis. How are you today? Great guys. How you guys doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. So what we usually like to start off with Mike is what hat we have on. And so can you share with us what hat you have today? I have the Copa identity of my favorite minor league baseball team the charles river dogs the Perros santos okay so you said that's on your favorite team how did you become where did you live in that area or how did they kind of become one of your favorite teams um back when i was uh, a little kid we would always get like the manny's baseball land and starstruck magazines in the mail and their hat always stuck out to me with like the thing they like turquoise and purple on their original hat. And I always wanted that and never got it. And uh, a few years ago, my wife and I were able to go down to Charleston taking the game for the first time. So I was able to pick up their current navy blue hat. That's where that fandom came from. Awesome. Yeah, very sharp looking hat there. It's kind of what it, what color is that kind of like a baby blue or yeah. almost like a not quite a turquoise, but very sharp looking hat there. And Johnny, what hat do you have today? Well, in honor of our guest tonight, Mike, being the proud ambassador for the great state of Pennsylvania, I'm wearing uh, the Otterbots hat. Uh, I've nicknamed this one Hall and Oats. Uh, okay. For Otterbot eyes are always watching you, they see your every move. <laughs> so I'm wearing my Otterbot eyes, the black fitted, I believe, road hat. If I'm not mistaken, I think they do wear it at home as well in honor of having a fellow now ambassador. But I have seen on Twitter, you'll be proud of this, Mr. Prophet. You probably know this already. Uh, he has dual citizenship in Danville, and they love me in Kingsport. Of course <laughs> they do. They're the champions, you know. The champs. So we have a dual ambassadorship 
with Mr. Mike being our, our guest tonight. So a little, little out Otter Bots tonight. There we go. Yeah. So that's good that he's ambassador for both of us for the Otterbots and the Axemen, since you're the Otterbots and I'm the Axemen. So glad we could have him be on both sides instead of taking your side or my side. He can go right <laughs> down the middle and take both sides. Right. <laughs> and so I am wearing the Kansas City Royals. It's a 950. So previous guest, Jesse Barton, sent me a package the other day and sent me a couple ice cream helmets. Probably one of the best ice cream helmets I've ever seen is the Jersey Shore Blue Claws helmet. And then she oh. works for the Richmond Flying Squirrels. So she sent me a couple of the ice cream helmets from the Flying Squirrels. And then she also sent this hat. It's Navy, has the KC with the crown on top. And then on the side, it has the 2015 World Series logo on it with gold kind of on the under underneath the bill. So uh, it's a snapback hat, very sharp looking hat. And I really appreciate her. If you get a chance, if you haven't listened to it yet, go back, listen to episode 20 with Jesse Barton to hear her story about how she travels and about how uh, what she does for the uh, Richmond Flying Squirrels. Well, I wanted to start tonight, uh, Mike. Of course, it's always great to have a fellow ambassador on the podcast. What what got you started collecting minor league hats, T-shirts? I love your photos. I love how you coordinate the team, uh, other hats. With, I mean, you do a really great job with your Twitter post highlighting a hat and shirt you're wearing. So what got, what got you started in that hobby? Like I touched on a little bit earlier, when I was younger, I liked all of the uh, – the catalogs have come in the mail. You had to actually mail order. You couldn't just go online and get them within two or three days and stuff like that. And so that got me into the interest in minor league baseball. But having having said that, I really had like a handful of hats at that time. And I'm I'm from the uh, Pittsburgh area and uh, mostly a uh, um, a hockey fan. Actually, I'm a big college football fan too. Uh, High State Buckeyes. But actually, the uh, pandemic is what actually uh, I dove head first into uh, collecting minor league baseball stuff. I obviously wanted to support the teams that weren't getting any revenue during that time. And as several guests have pointed out before, like they did, the first team to respond to this post, I will buy your hat, your T-shirt, or something like that, and kind of like start off the Daytona Tortugas and stuff like that. and. Uh, kind of ballooned obviously have spent way too much money from the pandemic through uh current times but it's just an enjoyable process where i'm whether i'm in, interacting with their representatives online or interacting with them through email like mike luciana from the iron pigs it's it's just a fun experience and uh i know like patrick larson likes collecting hats that's his stick and I like you alluded to, Johnny. I like to coordinate. So when I buy a hat, most of the times, not all, I kind of like to get a t shirt as well. And uh, tonight, I don't know if you guys can see it, but I'm wearing the uh, Charleston River Dogs back to back champion shirt. Nice. Very nice. That was pretty quick because the game was recently, right? That they won it. So they got, they got that shirt and you got it in pretty quickly, it looks like. Yeah. And so then you had started then how long ago do you think it's been since you kind of started doing those Twitter posts where you uh, post the shirt of the day? And then, of course, you have that hats that you have for the teams. When did you kind of start doing that and kind of what was the process and behind that and everything? Well, last year, I actually started on a more smaller scale. I was 
I would do it like at work, like very first thing in the morning when I got at work. And really, there's not like much background to my cubicle at work. So I don't know how long I did that, but I think that maybe I got bored with it. And so I sat on it for a year and I have a two-year-old daughter. I figured I would make it a little bit more exciting and try to have her uh, pick a shirt for each day that I feature these Twitter posts. And so I lay about maybe four or five shirts on the bed or whatever and have her pick one. And then if I have hats to coordinate to the shirt, as Johnny pointed out, I'll try to put them in the background as a team coordinated background. Yeah, I, I live with two women. So yeah, used to when I was younger, I didn't worry about coordinating and just grab a hat I wanted to wear and whatever. In fact, we had this conversation, uh, the CEO and I did today. I had on a retro Detroit Tigers t-shirt, shout out to Mike Sellers, uh, a vintage 80s looking tiger shirt with the curator cakes hat. And as we're wa- as we're walking out the door, it says, this look all right together. <laughs> <laughs> 25, 27 years ago, I wouldn't I'd just throw something on, you know, but they, they have drilled that in my head here in, at the uh, Bowling Enterprises about uh, coordinating my looks when I when I go out, make sure everything looks to get looks well together. And so the CEO said, well, I would have told you if you look straggly. That's one thing that if you're not paying too close attention, you may not notice the hats kind of in the background because usually, you know, you're right up front and center of that picture. So we can definitely see what hat and shirt you're wearing for the day. But if you do look closely and kind of look behind you, typically you have quite a few hats from the teams that are um, set up behind there. And it's really cool pictures. So um, anybody that gets a chance, we'll make sure again, we'll share your Twitter here later. So they can go in and check those out. Cause it's really cool to see not only what hat and shirt combo you have for the day, but also the other hats that you have that are propped up in the background. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I just figured I started this year off, um, like I said, well, last year I did it a, a, a few weeks or maybe a month from uh, my office cubicle, and I did it for maybe a couple weeks this season, and I figured I want to try something different. I have these ledges in my man cave area. This is a perfect area to put something as a background. I figured I have several hats for many of the teams. I figured I'd try that, and I appreciate the the good comments i know patrick larson said uh he's liked it on several occasions as well yes for sure and so you are located in pennsylvania is that correct you said is it near pittsburgh yeah i'm about i'm in cannonsburg pennsylvania which is about maybe 20s 20 or so minutes outside of downtown Pittsburgh. So besides like the Pirates um, and like the Phillies, any minor league teams that are nearby that you get a chance to get to um, on a somewhat frequent basis? Yeah, we have the uh, Washington Wild Things of the uh, Frontier League. They're about maybe 15 minutes away from me. Okay. So I went, we went to about uh, six games this year. So. They actually held the uh, Frontier League All-Star Game there this year. I didn't get to go because we had a previous commitment, though. And then are like the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, are they, how far away are they from you? Uh, they're they're on the other side of the state, more okay. so outside of Philly. Okay. So, uh, yeah, out to in a curve, a double-way Pirates affiliate, they're about two hours away from us. So they're kind of like the next closest besides the wild things if we're talking minor league teams okay awesome so your favorite team is the blue jays when did you become a blue jays fan before the show i was 
talking to Eric. Uh, I have a stepbrother and uh, he liked the Blue Jays. And so um, back in the early 90s, when they won their back-to-back championships, um, that's basically when I started my fandom of them, that Joe Carter home runs fully ingrained head is one of my most favorite baseball memories and you guys have mentioned i'm in a pittsburgh area and somewhat by default i'm a pirates fan my whole lifetime other than maybe a spot check of around 2015 i think it was when they made the playoffs maybe 14 and other than that it's been dire straits here you know that's a shame because the pirates have such as you know, such a rich history. I mean, they have, they've had some phenomenal players that have played in Pittsburgh and been around for a long, long time. And it's a shame that sort of the last 20 some odd years, it seems like it, besides, like you said, the that playoff appearance in 2015, it's just, you know, it's just not been very good, you know, not been very good for the fans with that beautiful ballpark. And like I said, you got just such a rich, rich, rich history. You just go from, Honus Wagner all the way up, you know, with with baseball in Pittsburgh. And it's just kind of a shame that, of course, that division they're in is pretty brutal. Now, Mike, we uh, mentioned earlier your uh, ambassadorship for both the Otterbots and for the Axemen. So I just want to go back a little bit, um, kind of take us through back when you um, became an ambassador uh, for Danville. I believe that started last year. Um, just kind of take us through kind of why you wanted to hop into that. And then obviously once Kingsport came out with it this year, kind of your thoughts on being an ambassador for them as well. Obviously with the, uh, the restructuring of the Meyer leagues and the Appalachian league losing their affiliation and Danville, um, lot basically lost their identity, not just their identity. They lost everything to Atlanta Braves. So they had to rebrand as Danville water, the Danville, uh, baseball club. And, they're just looking to promote their unnamed brand at the time. And uh, I think Johnny was one of the first ones to hop on board of being like a possible ambassador. And then they just started the program. Hey, if you want to be an ambassador, uh, just let us know. And I asked if he had a Pennsylvania ambassador and they go, no. So I was the Pennsylvania ambassador. And so uh, a year later, Kingsport and a couple of the other teams in the Appalachian league, uh, started their program as well and i figured uh i'm an equal opportunity uh guy and i figured i try to uh promote them as well uh, i i would promote any team really in the appalachian league they're they've done a great job with their rebranding and have been pretty successful in their two years here in their current status so have you had a chance to get to see any of them play in person yet i'm not sure how far you're away from them the closest I haven't gone, I haven't gotten to Kingsport or Danville yet. Um, the closest I've came to doing that is uh, this past spring. Uh, our family went down to uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and we actually went past Kingsport on the way there. Okay, but we're we're trying to put together some travel plans for next year. We'll try to hit up one or both of them if we can next year. Yeah, that'd be really cool if you get that opportunity. Uh, So I did kind of want to go a little more into that. So kind of take us through your travels, because I know you've gone to see some different teams. I think you were in Myrtle Beach here last few weeks. I'm not sure, maybe last month or so. Um, Have you been kind of traveling to see baseball um, or do you just travel to travel and just throw in baseball? Or is it strictly 
you know, the plans are we're traveling to watch baseball. Kind of take us through that a little bit. We're somewhat restricted on travel plans. I actually, my wife is actually more flexible with her vacation plans. I have time to use, but more a little bit rigid. Um, but uh, it's more as we're going to Myrtle Beach in September. So uh, when my wife said that, uh, let's look at the Pelicans are in town. And I go, well, the Pelicans are last game of the seasons on September 11th. So we're going to go to that game. And um, I knew we wanted to take like a little trip back in the spring. So we went down to Pigeon Forge. And at the time, I knew the obviously just outside of Pigeon Forge is Kodak, Tennessee, where the Tennessee Smokies play. And the, on the other side of the Smoky Mountains is the Asheville Taurus. So I asked my wife, was it, can we go to a game, Tennessee or uh, Asheville? And she said, yeah. And so I think I put like a Twitter poll or something up. I don't know when it was, maybe March or something like that. Which team should I go to, Asheville or Tennessee? And uh, the Smokies piped up and said, hey, if you come down to us, you, you can throw out the first pitch. Well, that, that makes wow. sense easier. My wife shakes my head because she'll say, oh, I want to go to Ocean City, Maryland this year or whatever. Well, uh, we can go see the Delmarva Shorebirds. They're close. Or we can go see the Bowie Bay Sox. They're close. <laughs> she can name a locale in the uh, United States. And go, well, they're the closest uh, minor league team. And she just, like I said, she just shakes her head. And if I know we're going on a trip somewhere, I, I try to shoehorn a baseball game or two into the trip if possible. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember that. When that happened with the Tennessee Smokies, where they offered for you to throw out the first pitch, so that was pretty early in the season, wasn't that like April sometime? Yeah, it was the end of April, like the 24th or something like that. And so how was that experience, not only at their ballpark, but just getting to throw out that first pitch? Their ballpark's really great. I They definitely get high marks from me. They said, oh, yeah, I think it was a two o'clock game. They said, oh, you have to be here at 1.30, and we had to go to this kiosk. So we checked in. There's going to be two guys. There's going to be two people throwing out the first pitch, me and this older fella. And so the older guy threw out the first pitch first, and I threw out mine second. And I bounced it, but I, I kind of was overcompensating because, like, one of the rally crew was the ones catching the ball, not like a regular catcher. So she was, just, she was sitting a little bit lower to the ground. So, But it got there. That's the important part. Yeah, I thought that was really cool that the and some minor league teams do it. You know, there's some out there that may not say anything on social media, on Twitter or whatever. But it's really fun when those teams interact with their fans. And I thought that was really cool when I saw that the Smokies offered you to throw out the first pitch, because that'd be the same for me. If I ever got that opportunity, I'd be like, yep, for sure. I'm I'm definitely going to go to that stadium if I had to choose between one or the other. And the, you know, the funny thing is they're playing the trash pandas that game and like everyone else, I'm, I like the trash pandas because they're really uh, active on Twitter and everywhere else on social media. And so I obviously with me throwing out the first pitch, that's some Tennessee Smokies gear on. And a uh, little daughter, uh, she was she was rooting for the trash pandas. I think <laughs> run and she goes, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I think. Um, the Cubs, one of their best prospects, Christopher Moriel, uh, he hit a home run later in the game. And I said, uh, Evie, clap. And she clapped for him. But she is definitely rooting for the trash pants in second. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
Mike, one of the uh, segments we do here on the Earn Fund Average is the profit and loss piece. And the profit piece is just something that you've gained or earned by being a fan of baseball. Anything you can think of? Well, and listening to the previous episodes, I can obviously uh, echo the general sentiment of uh, gaining the friendship through the uh, social media community that we've established here. But in thinking about it, one of the best things I profited from my, being a fan of baseball was actually a couple of weeks ago when we went down to the Myrtle Beach Pelicans game. Um, They're allowing fans to play catch on the field before the game and got to play catch with my two-year-old daughter. And it was like the most magical moment ever. It was just such a fun time and such a point in time that I'm going to cherish forever. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't realize that you got to play catch on the field. I'm really cool to hear that story. And yeah, I could definitely, I know for sure what you're saying, getting to cherish that moment. Cause yeah, that's something you don't get to do too often. So glad you had that opportunity. But then on the flip side, there's always some type of a loss. I don't know if you had a favorite player um, growing up or a favorite team that maybe lost a championship series, any loss you can think of as far as the game of baseball. As we obviously referenced through certain points of time during our talk, I'm begrudgingly i guess uh, a pirates fan so they basically trade away all their best players they've never been good during my lifetime barring a two three <laughs> period there other than the pirates i have followed the uh cleveland indians back during the kenny loft and now Albert bell days and so when they lost to the uh, Florida Marlins at the time, kind of took that loss pretty hard. Yeah, hopefully they'll have uh, some more success coming down the line here. Um, usually it seems like some teams kind of get in a rut for a while and then turn it back around. So hopefully the time's coming for for the Pirates for you because that'd be really cool for you to see. Which, like- which of the World Series kind of were was the toughest, 95, 97, or 2016? For, for the for the Indians now Guardians, I think it was '97 because I was in high school in that time, and one of my best friends at the time, he was a Cleveland fan as well, and we both took it pretty hard. And we've talked about this before on podcasts because my pre-Marlins day was all about. Uh, back here in the uh, Memorial Museum, I have some relics from my Indians days. <laughs> something about 2016, Mike. Just something. Because, you know, in my mind, I can say, well, you know, Hall of Fame pitching staff in 95 for the Braves. 97, yeah, they had a really put together a really great team with the Marlins. But that one in 2016, wow. You know, in 2007, uh, the Indians were up three games to one in the ALCS and let the Red Sox come back and win the series. And something about 2016, it just devastated me. Because you kind of expected in the nineties, young good, you know, good young team, great players, great hitters, you know, Hershiser coming in there, you know, rejuvenating his career, and Dennis Martinez, just all, like I said, all those bats. But then sixteen kind of snuck up on you, like didn't really see that coming. So it was this great feel good story about this team that kind of sort of came from nowhere, and then you're playing America's sweetheart, playing the Cubs, everybody's. And listen, I'm like everybody my age. I, I grew up watching WGN and Harry Carey and Steve Stone and Mark Grace playing first and you know, Ryan Sandberg and, and Andre Dawson and all those guys that played in Chicago. And because I believe because of WGN, they, they are America's sweetheart. You had the, what, 108-year futility streak, you know, and all that. So it didn't help you're playing America's sweetheart. 
Well, Mike, what do you say we uh, roll a double play here? Is there anything you can think of, a couple of things you can think of that you're just grateful for um, by being involved and being a fan of baseball? Oh, well, like I said, I guess grateful for the uh, online community we have going here. I know uh, exchanged, uh, well, Johnny sent me a Autobot Christmas card in the mail and exchanged some few items with Johnny as well. And uh, just uh, just the friendships that uh, have generated through our communication. Um, I know I talked to Patrick Larson offline about different different ideas and things. And uh, it's just fun getting to know people. And then hopefully down the line, maybe next year, uh, finally meet some some of these people and putting uh, faces to names and things of that nature. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, I've had that opportunity. Got to finally meet Johnny and then met some other friends. So hopefully you get that opportunity. And uh, it is such just a great community that we have here. And uh, but Mike, we did want to just thank you so much for coming on with us today. Is there anywhere that people can follow you on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, or anything else like that? Um, I'm primarily on Twitter. Um, it's just Mike Gotsis, M-I-K-E-G-O-T-S-E-S on Twitter. And I have a Facebook, but it's more of a family-related thing. So I don't really do much baseball talk on that. So it's basically Twitter. Sure. Yeah. And make sure you guys go out, like we had mentioned earlier, make sure you follow Mike. He posts his uh, shirt of the day. And then, of course, he has a, a hat that he coordinates with that and then has a lot of awesome hats in the background behind him in his picture. So don't just look at Mike and see him and his smiling face and his hat and his shirt. Make sure you uh, zoom in and check out all the awesome hats he has behind because he has a great collection and love seeing all the hats that you have. And, of course, the shirt of the day. So make sure you go out, follow Mike, and then, of course, follow us. We're at Earn Fun Average on Instagram and Twitter, Earn Fun Average with Average being AVG. And Mike, we just thank you again for coming on and thank you everybody for listening. America, lower your standards. Average is what these guys do best. Go Autobots. Go Axemen. Oh, you got it with both. Go Autobots (laughs) and go (laughs) Axemen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mike. We really appreciate you coming on. 